Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Arjun, Derek, and Nate all sent me a story, and it's one of those ones where the headline is so good that you could just read the headline and go, that's true, and leave it at that. <laughs> Out of Canada, cbc.ca, Jason Proctor writes, British Columbia judge cancels marriage annulment after finding woman posing as ex-wife was imposter. Bizarre case, the judge also refused to accept the husband's claim to be mentally incompetent. (laughs) I think that was plan B. Plan A appears to be to get a marriage annulled by bringing along a different woman and saying, here, you pretend to be my wife and say you agree with this. And then the annulment gets granted until somebody goes, that's not his wife. And it wasn't his wife before the annulment either. So, okay, so we're going to cancel the annulment. The guy goes, okay, I'm mentally incompetent, which now (laughs) it takes a certain amount of uh, chutzpah to stand in open court and go, I'm mentally incompetent, but it's often a last resort. Um, So a British Columbia Supreme Court judge in Kamloops has canceled a marriage annulment. So he's canceled the annulment. After concluding that the woman who appeared before him to consent to the order was an imposter. In a ruling that he said was necessary in part to prevent a miscarriage of justice, the justice last week set aside an order he granted almost a year ago after an application by two people who identified themselves via remote audio connection as the husband and wife. I don't know if it's Zoom or if that's just the phone because it goes remote audio connection. According to the decision, the real wife became distraught when she was told about the annulment, which would have meant the loss of her interest in her ex-husband's pension plan. And likewise, you also wonder who that other tramp is. (laughs) You find out that your wife, excuse me, you find out that your husband is running around with another woman. That's one thing. He's running around in court with another woman saying, this is my wife and she wants to divorce me. (laughs) Trust me, trust me. You, you haven't seen a woman scorned. I am unable to determine on the basis of the evidence before me who actually appeared at the application representing herself as the wife. However, I am satisfied that whoever attended by telephone on that date was an imposter. And of course, that's the problem with conducting these remote audio connections for court. Because someone will walk into court, raise their right hand and go, I am... Steve Lato, and put their hand down. The judge will ask me a bunch of questions, and I'm answering them. Now, if somebody came in later and said, hey, that guy there wasn't Steve Lato. Well, courts have recording equipment oftentimes, and quite often it's video recording. So they can go back and find the tape. Pull the tape. Let's go to the highlight reel. Was that Steve Lato or not? Turns out it's some other guy or gal. I am satisfied that where an imposter appears at an application representing themselves as a party without the consent of the actual party, there is sufficient grounds to set aside the orders made at the application. Now, I don't like the fact the judge inserted the phrase there, without the consent of the actual party, implying that somebody could have appeared with the consent of the other party and misled the court. That doesn't seem right either. The judge's ruling follows an unusual set of circumstances that saw the judge reject most, if not all, of the man's representations to the court, not least of which was a claim that the man himself was mentally incompetent. (laughs) Some people are going to say, Steve, I think he was. 
We're talking about the legal standard here. There's no question the guy pulled a dumb move and he got caught. And that's, <laughs> I don't know which is dumber, doing it or getting caught. Uh, according to the decision, the man married the real wife in the tropical Cook Islands in 1999. So they got married in the Cook Islands. They split nearly two decades later, filing a separation agreement, which they agreed that the wife would receive survivor benefits under the husband's operating engineer's pension plan. My understanding is divorce law in Canada is a little bit different than America. In America, there's a lot of places where, especially if you have no children, uh, you can walk into a court, file some documents, and about 91 days later, uh, be divorced. And it's very, very straightforward. Now, of course, there's children involved. It gets complicated. Uh, if there's a lot of property disputes, it gets even more complicated. But I'm talking about the streamlined, fastest process possible under the sun. Uh, and it can go very quickly. Sometimes you can even petition for a faster hearing than that. Uh, but my understanding is that it's not uncommon in Canada that you have to do a separation thing and then file some more stuff and then you get a divorce. So the current set of proceedings was set in motion last year when the husband applied to the court for an order annulling the marriage and removing his wife from being a beneficiary under his pension and benefit plans. The application included correspondence from the Cook Islands stating that the marriage was null and void. <laughs> null and void. A document bearing the signature of the wife was also filed with the court consenting to the orders that the husband was seeking. Okay? I was fully aware that our marriage in the Cook Islands was not legally binding, the document read. Based on that information and the assurances of the two people who appeared by telephone as the husband and wife, the judge granted the annulment, as well as the order ending the wife's right to be the pension beneficiary of the husband's pension. That was in November of last year. Now, the husband sent a copy of the annulment order to the pension plan two months later. Then the administrator of the pension plan called the real wife, who said she was unaware of any court proceedings. Oops, <laughs> sort of falls apart. And by the way, the fact that somebody signed documents saying that they understood and were aware that their marriage in the Cook Islands was not legally binding. The question is, was it intended to be legally binding? Because you can get married in other places, not just in the country you live. And many places will recognize the marriage so long as it generally comports to the idea of marriage where you are. So if you go to some tropical paradise island, the Cook Islands, and, and some officiant stands before you and asks you questions about whether or not you intend to get married and then declares with the power of local law that you two are in fact married and files some documents that looks a lot like a marriage certificate and you two were uh, able to get married legally at that time and you could have where you come from because you're, you know, you're both you know, unmarried and so on and the proper age, and etc. Then that marriage likely will be recognized where you go to afterwards, okay? If you go home, you'll get recognized there, which means that to get a divorce, you don't have to go back to that island to get the divorce, but you still have to get a divorce because you're legally married. You just got legally married someplace else. So according to the judge's decision, a number of different people here have been purporting to represent the wife and have appeared at a series of hearings along with the real wife <laughs> and the pension plan lawyer. 
Along the way, documents supporting the husband's original annulment application have come under scrutiny. Oh, (laughs) they include emails purportedly written by an official in the Cook Islands claiming that according to the South Pacific Nation's laws, this marriage is fraud or totally annulled. It does not exist. Well, which is it? Was it fraudulent, in which case it doesn't need to be annulled? Or was it annulled because it was good? The judge concluded the person before whom the husband swore his affidavits uh, in Mexico was not authorized to commission affidavits for use in Canada. <laughs> I, I didn't even catch the part about Mexico because it wasn't in here previously, but um, he wasn't on any list of lawyers and notary publics on the government's website, and the embassy confirmed for pension staff that not only did they not employ that man, they didn't have an office in that town. So apparently, along with the documents from the Cook Islands, there were documents from Mexico, all being filed in a, ca- uh, a case in Canada. Acting on her own behalf, the real wife claimed she was shocked to learn that her marriage had been nullified and her interests in the pension canceled. <laughs> I suspect those aren't in order. I suspect she's more shocked to learn that her pension had been canceled. I gave the husband's representatives the opportunity to cross-examine the wife, the judge wrote. However, they did not do so. Based on those facts, the judge set aside his earlier annulment order. The judge also went on to reject the husband's application for an order upholding the legal incompetence of the husband due to mental health because it was based on unreliable evidence from witnesses who lack credibility. (laughs) There comes a time where the judge is going to look at a party and go, I don't care what you say from this point forward. I'm just going to double check everything. I have to. The judge said he was not prepared to accept that the husband is mentally incompetent pointing out that if he had been mentally incompetent, then he couldn't have sought the order seeking the annulment in the first place. True. Meanwhile, the lawyer who acted for the pension plans of the case was very troubling, said his client and the real wife are very pleased with the decision, but that the situation appears to be someone taking advantage of the extraordinary measures the courts have had to go through during the pandemic. Unfortunately, these procedures have been overwhelmingly successful. They've also allowed certain malevolent individuals to use the deficiencies in your remote programs for nefarious purposes. So there's more to it than that, but that's really the gist of the story. And like I said, the headline encapsulates the whole thing. Judge cancels marriage annulment after finding that woman posing as ex-wife was imposter. <laughs> so you cannot get an annulment by bringing a fake wife into court. Okay, pro tip. Number two In a bizarre turn, the judge also refused to accept the husband's claim to be mentally incompetent. (laughs) So if that's your plan B, I'm not sure what your plan C is, okay? So the guy's got issues, obviously, but the wife at least has managed to keep her portion of the pension. And uh, it does make you wonder who the other woman was. And I wonder if they'll ever figure that out. They probably won't, because chances are the guy just got someone to be on the phone with him. And they didn't give their real name, so it's not like they can look it up. The headline is just priceless. But again, keep in mind, they were married in the Cook Islands. Some documents were notarized in Mexico and then submitted to court in Canada along with the imposter wife. And that, of course, caused the whole thing to just auger into the ground and and judge to undo it all and kind of back to square one. So there you go. That's from cbc.canada or cbc.ca, actually, of course. Jason Proctor wrote it and Arjun, Derek, and Nate all sent it. 
questions or comments, put them below. Otherwise, I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. There was no need to do any housework at all. After the first four years, the dirt doesn't get any worse.